Rossi and Co. At the click of a mouse. The best bits of breakfast. Radio City 96.7. Hello and welcome to another Radio City Breakfast Show podcast with me, Rossi and the Co. Good morning. How do? How do you know it's morning when people are downloading this? This could be any time of the day. Yeah, well, it'll confuse them even more if it's not then. Make them think. Cover all bases. Good afternoon, good evening, good middle of the night. Happy Christmas, happy new year, happy Easter and happy wit. Did you mention Christmas then? Did you say crimbo? Oh, we should be getting very excited indeed. It's not long. Well, let's get underway with something we do. 6.35 weekday mornings, uh, the very, very best of the true stories. Some of these might not be 100% true, but work out for yourself. Have a listen. Radio City Breakfast. With Rossi and Co. Radio City 96.7. Would you like a true story? I'd love one. Okay. Uh, there was a Frenchman, uh, an, an Italian man, and uh, an Englishman. And uh, they were all comparing about when they make love to their wives. Uh, the Italian man says, only last week, my wife and I were making love, and I rubbed her body all over with the finest Italian olive oil. She was so mad with the passion, she screamed for five minutes, non-stop. The Frenchman says, huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, last week I was making love to my wife and I uh, rubbed her body all over with the finest grapeseed oil taken from the finest, most exquisite grapes from the Medoc region. When I finally finished, she screamed non-stop for 15 minutes. The Englishman. <laughs> Whose stomach was that? That wasn't mine. It's not mine. It's not mine. Excuse me. Go on, back to Ross the French speaking. Ross is speaking. The Englishman, the Englishman says, last week, no he didn't, he said, last week, right? <laughs> ah, I was making love to my wife, and during it, I rubbed her all over with oil from the chip pan. All over, head to toe, oil from the chip pan. And she screamed non-stop for six hours. The Italian man, the French man, want to know how he makes her scream non-stop for six hours. So they put the question to the Englishman, how did you make her scream? For six hours. <laughs> he says, I wiped my hand on the curtains when it finished. <laughs> <laughs> I've got bad news. Go on. Oh, no. You I'm look really, really sad. I am. I'm really sad and downhearted. Do I have to come around and give you a hug? <clears throat> I'm feeling better, okay. <laughs> great. Ah. Oh, I need to come and give you a hug. <laughs> I feel fantastic. <laughs> I hope it's Zippity bad news. <laughs> No, basically, uh, I went to the doctor's yesterday. I haven't really been feeling myself since I came back from holidays. Turns out that I've got something. It's one of the most rare conditions in the world. In fact, it's an illness that only one in 20 million people actually get. Something you probably haven't heard of before, Jay. You probably have never heard of this before, but... Uh, fingers crossed, it, it, I'll pull through. Doctor checked me over, and he checked me over again, and finally he concluded, he said, I've got bad news for you, he said, uh, you've actually contracted crossword illness. What's that? Yeah, it's, that's what I mean. It's so rare that people don't actually know what it is. He's got, you've got the crossword, he said to me, the crossword illness syndrome. And I said, well, can you give me any medication? He said, I can't give you any medication to treat it. I can just give you some advice. I said, what advice can you give me? <laughs> he says, try not to get too down. Would you like a true story? I would love a true story. Claire, would you like a true story? Would you like a true story? I'd love one. I haven't got your microphone up. I have now. Uh, <laughs> okay, so there's uh, there's two 90-year-old men, Mike and Joe, and they've been friends since they went to primary school. That's a hell of a long time. 
Uh, it's clear that sadly Joe is dying. He doesn't have long to go, and Mike visits him every single day. It's his old best mate. One day Mike says, Joe, we both loved rugby all our lives. We played every single Saturday together for many, many years. Please, do me a favour. When you do pass away and you go to heaven, somehow you must let me know if there's rugby in heaven. Joe looks up at Mike from his deathbed. Mike, you've always been my best friend for many, many years, longer than I can remember. If it's at all possible, I will do that favour for you. Shortly after, Joe passed away. Oh, no. He did. He passed away. He passed away, and at midnight, a couple of nights after he passed away, Mike was awakened by the sound of a blinding flash. He wakes up and he sits up on his bed. And he hears a voice calling out saying, Mike, Mike, who is it? Mike said, who is it? Suddenly sitting up on his bed. Mike, it's Joe. You can't be Joe. You, you've just died. You, you died a couple of days ago. I'm telling you. It's Joe, he insists. It's Joe. Joe, where are you? I'm in heaven, says Joe. I've really, really some good news for you, but a little bit of bad news. All right, then, says Mike, tell me the good news first. Well, the good news, Joe says, is that there is indeed rugby in heaven. Yes, rugby in heaven. Better yet, better, the best is yet to come. Better yet, all of our old friends who've died before us are all here too. Even better, we're all young and fit again. And better still, it's always spring. It never rains or snows. And best of all, we can play rugby all we want, as long as we want, and we never get tired. That's heaven for you. That's fantastic, Mike says. That is beyond my wildest dreams. That's great news. So what could possibly be the bad news? Mike says, uh, you're in the team on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Waking you up on weekday. Radio City Breakfast. With Rossi and Co. Radio City 96.7. That was a bit risky. It's got to be said, Jay. Some of them scare me to death at half six in the morning. You just never know where they're going. You never know where they're going. You know what? You don't know where they're going. Claire doesn't know where they're going. And mostly I don't know where they're going. But no. they, they eventually end up somewhere. How reassuring. Yeah, in the court, in the courthouse <laughs> for liable cases. Uh, also joining us, uh, we had the pleasure of Mr Joe McEldry, who was a lovely guest, a lovely guy. Tiny, though, wasn't he? Oh, he was. I felt really motherly towards him, though, yeah, I have to say. I bet you did, yes. Yeah, I wanted yes. to give him a big cuddle. Uh, yes, you wanted to cuddle him into a certain part of your anatomy. Oh, yes. yes. so Were bad. you seeing the way you were looking at poor Joe? Definitely. <laughs> Lucky Joe. I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> You're not his type, dear. Uh, but he is. He's, he's, he's very, very petite, very tiny. In fact, if it all goes wrong for him in the music industry, at least he can hire himself out at weekends standing in people's wedding cakes. Here's uh, Joe McEldry when he became a member of the Co. This is Radio City Breakfast. With Rossi and Co. Radio City 96.7. So listen, uh, very quickly, last year some of the big names that emerged, uh, there was uh, Stacey and there was Ollie, who of course had number one recently. You yes. you surely have a surefire number one on with ambitions, by the way. I have no doubt in my heart Thank or mind you. about Thanks that. very much. And you'll have a number one this Christmas as well with a climb. Thanks to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's going to walk out. <laughs> Jedward uh, on TV more than Terry Wogan was on TV back in the 1980s and 90s. My God, they're like dust. They get everywhere, those yeah. two. They do. And you're sporting a little bit of a quifter going on there, I can see. Too. Not, not, not a Jedward oh, quiff. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's about one-eighth the size of a Jedward yeah. quiff. Uh, but it's it's quite good. And this is part of the new image. I've seen you wearing the sort of leather jackets and stuff, uh, you know, in some of the photo shoots and stuff that I've seen of you recently yeah. as well. Um, is this is this been a, a, an image change that you've Just, designed yourself? Or is it... I, to be honest, it's, it's come around quite 
like naturally it hasn't been intended when we did the two hour we tried lots of different hairstyles and then it's kind of just evolved into this hairstyle and I really like it yeah and with the image stuff I've just kind of you know I've been I've been out shopping I've bought different things and then for obviously photo shoots you have stylists helping you out and things but it's kind of just been a, it's just a natural kind of way of dressing I, I like do it. like the t-shirt I want your t-shirt morning. I want your yeah. t-shirt where did you get it River Island you got it in River Island yes I've got some vouchers for River Island ah. you're going to have to go I'm going to have to go you go to River Island you can't shop at River Island <laughs> why is that then ages man you're about 30 years older than normal shoppers at River Island oh, oh. you look like a granddad walking around River <laughs> Island I'll let you off the hook right then okay uh, some, some stuff that's been in the press recently so you can say this is true or false okay you were an X Factor in boot camp uh, was it about three or four years ago and you got through the boot camp and yes. then you didn't get any further that's true i actually left boot camp i didn't not get through i um I'd, i felt too young and i decided to kind of leave the competition without finding out whether i was through or not because i just didn't have enough confidence good grief oh, yeah God. your confidence wonder... has built i must admit over the year you can see i can see like a new level of confidence yeah i mean i think it's just naturally you know obviously i'm all these experiences it helps with a lot of confidence so I feel like I'm a lot more confident. Uh, you're backing Cher to win X Factor this year. That's what it's been said in the press. Is that right? Yeah, I like Cher. Okay. Um, and I, I'll be, I'm interested to see what she's going to do on the live shows because obviously her performances have been really, really out there, like yeah. different. But, I, you know, I, I, there's a few others I like and I don't think you can tell who the winner's going to be yet. No, you can never tell until the last. There's a really good shows. kid from Blackpool who's about eighteen or nineteen years of age. Aiden, I think his name is. Now, I've been away, but did I just he sing Gold Digger. Yeah, I that think was he him. sang Gold Digger, sang. didn't he? He was good. Uh, you'd like to sing at Simon Cowell's wedding? Is that ever going to happen? By the Some, way, well, somebody no. <laughs> I don't know whether it's going to happen or not. Somebody asked us if I was going to be the singer, mm. and I didn't even know he was getting married. So, <laughs> you know. If, if I got asked, it would be nice. But I don't even know if he's getting married, so... <laughs> Ask him. Ask him Sunday night. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Say Simon, Rossi. you're getting married. Say, Rossi and co. want to know. <laughs> uh, you've become very good mates with Dappy from N-Dubs. Um, well, that, I mean, I met them on X Factor. They came into the studio to watch the show, and I met them the other week. We were both, I was going out to Bulgaria to do the, my video shoot, and they were off to Sandra Pay to do theirs. And we had a little chat in the airport. So we're not best buds, but, you know, that we we'll get on well and they're nice. Have you, have you got uh, one of those mobile phones? Not numbers? yet, no. No? <laughs> You're not tweeting or twitting or whatever yeah, it is? Yeah, tw Twitter. Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> you did the Great North run recently. Yes. How long did you do I did it in one hour 39. Holy mackerel. Oh, no. Holy I was quite pleased with that. That's I didn't brilliant. expect you to do it that well. That is brilliant. That is amazing. Yeah, that's Absolutely fantastic. Superb. Considering Claire done it in about seven hours. Yeah, but I'm twice his age. Did you do it on... I did it, yeah, and my mother-in-law is from South Shields and she nearly mowed you down. She completely nearly missed me because she was going, Joe, Joe, and she was so excited. She lives just off Ocean Road. What did you just do? So you know, I did it in just under three hours. But isn't it dead funny how like people come out with like tins of biscuits, offering yeah. you biscuits and jelly babies and everything yeah. all the way around. It's hysterical. Did you yeah. get sprayed with the yeah, hose with the off hose, the bus stop? Yeah. <laughs> just as you get to that roundabout. Yeah. And I, was, I was going, I feel like I've wet myself now. <laughs> Sounds like your mother-in-law did when she yeah, saw Joe, she by did. the way. <laughs> uh, and, and you were sitting there in the corner Given, given her a little bit of grief. She did the great North. She'd done well. Yeah, I'll give you. it to her. She did, did do, do well. No, I can't, can't even walk to the end of the road. Joe, the fire alarm went off in the tower last week and we had to walk down the stairs and I nearly passed mm. out. You're going to have to do so, a great North run next of course, year. I know. It breaks out the sweat, don't you? When, you? when you jog your memory, you sort of break yeah, out the sweat. Yeah, that kills me <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's idea of a health routine is an act of melon a ciggy every morning. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that's quite healthy. Act of melon every morning is good. They kind of cancel each other out, though, don't they? 
don't they? Yeah, that's what yeah. she said. Just a tad. Yeah. Uh, I just want to wish you all the very, very best on Sunday night. And I know it's a big weekend. It's a big weekend. Yeah. And uh, and good luck with your live performance. Thank you. It's going to be amazing. And uh, I, I just think that what you, how you describe Wide Awake, the title track from your album, uh, which is out the 25th this month, I can't wait to buy the album and listen to that I track. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. I'm really excited for everybody to hear the different songs. And, you know, we've, 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 we've got a different style and... And I, th- I think it's really exciting. So uh, the new single is out, available and download this Sunday night. Make it number one in the big top 40, a week on Sunday. Good luck again for this Sunday. And I want to thank you for coming and being part of the co-mister. Joe McEldry. Thank Whoa. you. Thank you. Alicia Dixon is right, Rossi Love. We are JLS. Is right, Rossi Love. Hi, this is Fiona Lewis. Is right, Rossi Love. This is Radio City Breakfast with Rossi and Co. on Radio City 96.7. Liverpool Tape Music Station, Radio City 96.7. Lil Rossi and the Co. are here, and it's our uh, weekly podcast, the very best bits from the breakfast show. And there's been loads and loads of stuff happening over the last week. We had a visit uh, from uh, Christopher Biggins. Christopher Biggins was hilarious. He was. was just a very, very funny man indeed. He's got the most infectious laugh ever. Are you going to leave in the bit where he mentions a certain part of anatomy? Are you going to bleep it out? I'm going to leave it in. Right, you're not... No bleeps, no bloops. No bleeps, no bloops, no biddly-bobos. No biddly-bobos. Just, <laughs> just some very naughty words yeah. beginning with t. I'm ending in it's. <laughs> okay, here is Biggins when Biggins joined the co on the Radio City Breakfast Show. I am absolutely flabbergasted, delighted, all combined into one <laughs> to have our next guest here in the Radio City Breakfast Show with me, Rossi, and the co. So, one of Christopher Biggins. Christopher Biggins, welcome to the tower. Wow, it's very impressive. All the times I've been to Liverpool, I've never been up here. You've never been to the tower? No, you... I haven't been obviously big enough to come up here. Oh, are you scared of heights? No, I no, love heights. Yes. I, love, I can't do any more. I'm afraid uh, the big dippers uh, I never could do no I used to love them no. and I now I mean a great friend of mine Amanda owns uh, the, the one in black I know Amanda Thompson well yeah and, she, and I, it's just too much I mean I was always admired her grandmother you know who died sadly two or three years ago she tried every ride every new ride and the last one she tried was that one that goes up and then drops oh. yes, like and the she was something compressed. like 90 years old and she did it I, I may, you know something, uh, a couple of months ago, my uh, my mum was over at Blackpool for the weekend, and it was a Friday night, we stayed there, we went out for some dinner on the Friday, so myself and the missus and the, and the wife were coming back the next day, and it was a blustery day, so it was early morning, it was early morning, so they were testing the big one, you know, to see if it was okay in yes. the wind, yeah. and we were right under, there's no traffic, so we pulled up, and we watched the big one drop like that, and I actually uh, got palpitations. I know, I know, it. I'm the same. But I get vertigo when I get new heels in my shoes, Did? that's how bad I am, and I, you know, I don't like big, big You know ones. they've got the big blue there, that hotel. Yeah. Uh, which I was staying in, and uh, I went uh, to the window, opened the window, stark naked, and a whole group went by and screamed. <laughs> of course, they were screaming because of the actual machine, not, thankfully, because I was stark naked at the window. The word, <laughs> the word, the word screaming at your big one. <laughs> and that's you. <laughs> and you're modest. You know what? It's, it's, it is great. To, and, uh, you know what? It's, it's great uh, to have you on the show, and obviously we watched you in, in all sorts of TV shows. It was only recently I was sitting at home because the show I do, I tend to Sky Plus stuff because uh, I go to bed sort of early-ish, about 10-ish. And uh, I'd, I'd tape some stuff on uh, on one of the gold channels or, or one of those ITV3. And uh, you, you turned up as a wedding guest at uh, in, in an episode.
episode of uh, Whatever Happened to the Likely Lads. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, w- was that all filmed up in Newcastle? Is that, was no, it, no, it was filmed in London. Was it done in London, yeah, really? Yeah, it was all done in London. In fact, I did a show, uh, a radio show, uh, BBC Radio 2, I'm afraid I have to tell you. Yeah. Uh, at the Palladium. It was Terry Wogan, and they were doing it from the London Palladium. And afterwards, we had lunch, and a charity lunch, and I did the auction. And... Uh, we were talking about that very, very thing, about the BBC had in North Acton rehearsal rooms. There were three rehearsal rooms on each floor. There were 12 floors. And it was like going to the who's who of television, theatre. You could be sitting next to Sir John Gilgood, Morecambe and Wise on the other side. I mean, it was the most fantastic building. It must have been and a fantastic era as well. It was, because those were the days, you know, when everything was being made, and it was, it was classic gold stuff. I, uh, I've got to say congratulations now. I know it's uh, three years on when, since you've won uh, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And you went in, you went in late. And, uh, and the, the British public just, I mean, there would have been maybe a, a whole younger generation, maybe not quite teenagers yet, would have been the first time they became really familiar with you. I know there's loads of senior panto over the years as well. But it's the way you endeared yourself to uh, the British public uh, that certainly won it over. Um, but one of the most hilarious things, and I know you know what I'm going to say, is, is you, the rat Arrest. running over. I, know, I mean, I what did you feel? You must have felt something. Well, I did, but it was, you know, it was, you, it was one of those cameras that, uh, you know, that films in the dark. Yeah. It was completely dark. Yes. Right? You've got to remember that. And also, amazingly, we had managed, Anna Ryder Richards and myself, to fall asleep. How? God only knows. Uh, no, anyway, I don't understand that either. Because it was a very rickety, um, uh, what are they, hammock. Yeah. And so, you know, you could easily fall out, which I did several times. <laughs> <laughs> but I was aware there was something there. And, you know, in my sleep, I thought, you know, I'd imagine, I thought, no, it must be my water bottle that I had, you know. And then, I mean, seeing it back, I mean, it is classic. It is. It I mean, really I'm, gonna, I'm almost going to burst out laughing now. Well, it was on me. I do talks, <laughs> and I'm doing one on the, on the Oriana, and I take a video of their, me eating things, and, and that, the rat one, and to hear a live audience <laughs> scream with laughter yeah. is hysterical. It was one of the all-time great yeah, British TV moments. It's it just really absolutely was. superb. And the fact, the, uh, the innocence that you had no idea. I mean, you've probably come up with more funny one-liners than all of us <laughs> in this room put together. You've done funny sketches here, there and everywhere. You've been part of some of the greatest sitcoms like Porridge. But that was, it wasn't preempted. It was totally innocent. Yeah. And it was hilarious. And because of that, we've, we've all chipped in together. That is absolutely will you please, gorgeous. Will you, put that, will you put that in your dressing room? No, look, I will, um, but it'll go on. I've got a, a, a spare bedroom and uh, all the soft toys that we have, uh, yeah. I put on the bed there. He's going to make pride of place. That's Little Ratatouille, really you see. You know Thank you very much. I tell you something about the jungle, which is interesting. You know, you're you're there and every day you, you have no idea what's going on in the outside world whatsoever. You really don't. And every day when Ant and Dick come in, you're on the edge of your log thinking you're going to be voted <laughs> off. I mean, you know, I mean, it is, it is terrifying, right? absolutely terrifying experience. Because does it make you feel almost like, now obviously you won it so you couldn't really ex- uh, experience, but do you get the feeling that people are voted off, feel like the last kid that hasn't been picked yet for the football absolutely. team at school? Absolutely, and I certainly the p- first person to be voted off, and that oh. is the most, and I know this is going to happen this weekend with uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Strictly, yeah. You don't want to be first out. I mean, that is the desperate one. And if you are, God help you, because it's not it's not a nice one.
Uh, and of course, you are currently narrating. A few people had texted in and uh, called in. Uh, they uh, checked out the uh, Rocky Horror Show, and you are the narrator there. I play the narrator because I was in the original film. Yeah. Uh, a million years ago, and uh, it was a great experience. We I played one of the Transylvanians, and of course, it was such an extraordinary show uh, at the time uh, that was written by Richard O'Brien. And we did ten weeks. We got stoned every day. And at the end of it, I bought a sofa bed, and uh, that was about it, really. And it was, a, it was a flop. The film was a flop. And it wasn't until it went to America did it become this cult. It did, yeah. Movie, which has now become a cult show. And it's really fabulous to be back in this. It's a brilliant production, because I think, and I could be shouted down for this, that David Badella, who plays Frankenfurter, is better than Tim Curry. Right, okay. I mean, he is extraordinary performance he gives. I mean, he is truly wonderful. And uh, to let the audience know that I have not been to see it yet, are you visible when you do the narrating, or are you backstage? Oh, don't be so stupid. Oh, no, <laughs> don't. Would I be visible? backstage? Of course. <laughs> don't put baby in the corner. Yeah, exactly. don't put biggins in the backstage area. <laughs> no, I'm very visual. <laughs> very, very, very visual. As you said, just tell those young ladies in Blackpool who went past your bedroom window a couple of months ago. Here is my theory then, Mr. Christopher oh, yes, Biggins. So you went into the jungle, you went in, you went in late, and um, you, not that you were being showbiz and stroppy and turning up late, darling. Yeah. Uh, it was just and the that way... Was, that was always organised. Yes. Yeah, you surprise. were coming in late. You were the surprise guest. I think everyone's like this. But you had that, uh, you had that advantage of the whole jungle experience because of the TV show on Safari. Safari, ah. Safari goody. It just, it just <laughs> came to mind this morning. I thought, yeah, you see, it tricks up her sleeves there. He knew I about know, survival I there. Know. We should have had Gillian Tailforth in the jungle too. I mean, she was my girl Friday, if you remember. Yeah, God, on my in, 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 in on Safari. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that was, I lo- someone said to me only last week, we should, they should bring that back. And that, it know. was a great kids TV show. Yeah. And I, 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 saw, I saw this best TV ads recently and there was a, a, an ad it was a tell sid do you, what was this you remember it was the it was a selling off the shares of, it was a british gas years and years ago all right sid sid tell or tell sid and the, a very young jillian telford was not i think that was even before uh, on safari was on our screen yeah i think so because i worked there on a, on a tv series which was a great flop it was about the advertising agency and i've never met a funnier woman than her she is so funny and such a nice girl. So when we were looking for someone to be with me, I suggested her, and she got it. So we had such a fun time. Yeah, I've never ever met her, but I used to when I was I was a bit younger. I used to fancy her when she was Kathy Beale. Yes, in EastEnders many many years ago. And you did some others too. Have him, of course, with Michael Crawford, who's gone on to do Phantom of the Opera, and, and he has. And Andrew Lloyd Webber announced from the stage at the London Palladium on Sunday that he's going to be the new Wizard in the Wizard of Oz. Wow. So it's quite something, I think. I mean. I think he's it's a great piece of casting and because uh, he's been re- retired for so many years it's it's, it's really strange because I did a, a, a launch with him uh, at HMV many many moons ago and the contrast between Michael Crawford the human being that is and the character he played Frank Spencer's just yeah. I mean it is chalk and cheese it's unbelievable it is it is I think he's a it's a wonderful creation and of course interestingly enough having watched a few clips over the last few days he must have got it all from Norman Wisdom <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the stuff, and there was a wonderful clip of Norman Wisdom coming out of a wall, 
uh, and dropping onto a, a, an ambulance and getting turned round and round and round. And it was it was very much that sort of syndrome. But of course, he was he created all that. Sure. Norman, and it was uh, brilliant. It will be sadly missed. Very very sadly m uh, missed indeed. Uh, himself and uh, of course uh, Tony Curtis, of course, passed away last week as well. Um, I know. I uh, met him in New York, in Los Angeles, which was thrilling. Um, the same night I met Spartacus. Uh, it was one of those evenings. <laughs> wow. Uh, so uh, it's, it's it's a fantastic city, Los Angeles, especially if you're with Joan Collins, oh, who's well, a great friend of mine, and you meet everybody then. You know, <laughs> and it's uh, extraordinary, extraordinary place. You've met some f uh, fantastic people in, in your life, and you're still going strong. You 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 don't seem to have aged much. Uh, to it's amazing. You, you know, you're, no, no, honestly, I've got an oil painting in the loft. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one in the loft as well, getting older looking every day, <laughs> younger looking. Um, and so, what now, what were the the, the real highest highest high points of your, your, your long and illustrious career? Um, well, it, it, it may sound bizarre. I mean, you know, I love doing uh, Porridge, playing Luke Warm with Ronnie Barker. I love doing I, Claudius, in, in playing Nero and I, Claudius. And immediately went into playing the sex-crazed vicar in Poldark, which I adored. But I suppose the biggest thrill of my life has to be the jungle. Right. Because, you know, t I thought when I took it on, but my reasons for taking it on was it wouldn't be half nice to have a pension. So I did it for money, and then uh, I thought if I can come fourth, like David Guest did the year before, who was so appalling, yeah. I could do as well as him, you know. And to win it, I mean, you get to that point when you're in there, you, you don't comprehend anything. And to get to the last two, and I was convinced that that awful Janice Dickinson was going to win. My God. But in fact, she was nowhere near. The producers told me afterwards that she was way, way down, and I was hugely higher than her in the, in the uh, figures. But to win it was an extraordinary experience. Did you have the sweaty palms? Seriously, what was the tension like between yourself and Jan? Not, not between you two, obviously, but what did it feel like when Anton Deck approached you? It was down to two. You'd been in the jungle. Um, you'd done the sort of roller coaster, the big yeah. one, roller coaster ride yeah. of all sorts of emotions. Uh, what would that feel like the last couple of seconds? I was sort of numb. I didn't, I, I had no feelings at all. I just couldn't believe I was in that situation. And when they mentioned, said my name, I thought they got it wrong. I mean, it was so, it, it was extraordinary experience. And I, something I will ever, never, ever forget. Would you ever go back, Biggins? My, when people ask me about the jungle, I have three lines which I say, which is, I loved every moment of it. I would not have missed it for the world and I never do it again. Never. No, it is so, so tough. It's much tougher mm. than you see at home. I mean, for instance, every day we have to go down a very steep hill and collect wood and bring it all up because we have to light that fire 24 hours a yeah, day. Yeah, keep it lit, yeah. Uh, because of not only for cooking, but also to keep us warm and, uh, which sounds silly in Australia, but it does get cold, and also uh, to keep away the animals. You yeah, know, the, to beasts, keep away yeah, the beasts, yeah, of course. Which we did, and we had a, a seven-foot carpet python suddenly come in one night. Oh. We had a, a, a killer spider, which Jay and I ch chased around the... Uh, not knowing it was a poisonous spider. It was spider. a funnel web or something. Yeah, it, was how it really was. And we put it in a glass container and looked at it. I mean, we were stupid. <laughs> but you sort of go mad in there. You know, you're, you go on another plane, which enables you to do all those things. Like, I hate spiders, but I went into a container with oh. 200 spiders. And I, you know, eating all those things I had to eat. It was just disgusting. <laughs> was it only like when you came back and you looked at what you'd done and you saw all the footage that you kind of thought, I can't believe I've just done that? It absolutely was. I, 
I went uh, about a couple of months after winning it. I was asked to go on the last voyage of the QE2 World Tour, and I took all the episodes and watched uh, one every night before dinner. And I have to say, I was absolutely amazed. Not only amazed by myself, I, I thought that Janice Dickinson, who was hateful, yeah. but she was very funny. She, I mean, she I could understand why people kept her in, because she wouldn't do anything. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, oh, man. Oh, and man. that first trial, live trial I did, was with her, and she was never there. No. She was hiding <laughs> behind Ads and Deck. It was hysterical. Uh, the Rocky Horror Show, please don't miss it. I know uh, you guys are off to see it later on we tonight. Are. Do we have to dress up, Biggins? You, you, you don't have to dress up, but a lot of people do dress up, and I think that, that it's, it's a bit like, the Rocky Horror show is a bit like an adult pantomime okay because there's a lot of audience participation they love to dress up and the sight you see i've seen women with such big tits mm. and they're in the basque <laughs> and they're out to here and they could eat their dinners <laughs> i mean they could i mean and it's and they are big girls obviously last night at the stage door i was nearly raped by six girls i have to say they had oh. a few bevies yeah no and they were up my bottom and they were down my what's it i've never known anything like it they were so so rude. But that's, oh. that's, that's those girls, Liverpool girls for you, isn't it? Are you a Liverpool girl? She yes, is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she's from Formby. Uh, 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 she's, uh, she's, she's posh. She's uh, dead posh. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I've just been on a little note to say uh, apologies. <laughs> apologies if you're offended by anything you've just heard. Don't worry about it. Oh, surely personally people have had a tip. <laughs> Again, apologies for any any bad language you are hearing at the moment. Do you know what? It's not the worst thing anybody. Well, we don't want to, to move any further. Oh, sorry, I just said bazooms, I suppose. Yeah, bazooms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yes. yes. So they were eating, yeah. they could have eaten the dinner from them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, right. And also guys who really shouldn't, but wear very <laughs> tiny <laughs> little gold shorts. Oh, things. right. So okay. there you go, Jake. Maybe they thought they were going to an erasure concert. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but listen, uh, good luck with the run and the narration. And I Thank hope you. To, please don't say what you were hackled last night, and apparently you can mark back with an absolute cracker, but we'll leave it there. We'll leave it Anyone there, there exactly. last night will... Uh, They'll know the line. Will know <laughs> exactly <laughs> the line. But Christopher Biggins, ladies and gentlemen, has been part of the Rossi and Co. Thank this morning. You, Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you very much. Radio City Breakfast. With Rossi and Co. Radio City 96.7. He panicked. You know the funny <laughs> thing about that? When, when, you, when you panicked, and you wrote down notes to me, apologise, apologise, and I'm thinking, well, you know. So a uh, sort of we made a little bit of a, well, you heard it there, a verbal apology. And, of course, Biggins just had to say, well, darling, everyone knows what tits are, don't they? <laughs> I'll be honest, I <laughs> myself. <laughs> I did. You did. He was groping mine as well, actually, yeah. wasn't he, during Yeah, he was groping you during your yeah. bullet, and he was indeed, and you yeah. didn't you, you, you didn't bat an eyelid. Well, I thought it was you, so it was just normal. <laughs> <laughs> the Village Idiot is the only quiz where the loser stays on. Sometimes we get celebrities to come on and help us out. They can play on behalf of a listener. And last week, we got Radio City his very own Lee Butler, who was like, oh, do he was like a dog out of the traps. Uh, he was so fast to start off, and uh, started fast. It was almost like the, uh, the the hare and the tortoise. He started off fast, but ended up losing. Mm. Uh, this is Lee Butler playing the village idiot. Are you ready to play the game? The only quiz where the loser stays on. Let's have it, son. We're asking that you step up to the plate to take part in a quiz that could see you crowned as great, or maybe end up outcast and be called the Formby Fool, the Dovecot Div, the Old Swan Oaf, loser of Otter's Pool. Only you. 
can save yourself from being imbecile of Lydiate. So accept the challenge and let us see who'll be the village idiot. Who will it be? Back for day number two today. It is uh, Paul Lawrenson from McGull. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Rossi. How are you, mate? Nah, I'm not too bad. How are you feeling today? A uh, bit rough, mate. We went to a surprise 40 for our friends in shops over the weekend. So right. Hungover. <laughs> a little bit hungover. Well, that's Monday mornings for you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, playing on your opposite corner this morning. Uh, well, it's Lee Butler playing on behalf of Michaela Moore from Prenton. Tell us about Michaela. Michaela went to Woodchurch High and she got qualifications in PE. She's now an admin assistant for a security firm and her specialised subject would be children's TV programmes. Children's TV programmes like Ickle Piggle. Yay! Uh, right, so uh, so Michaela's from Prenton. Lee Butler, uh, welcome to the show. All you got to do is as soon as you think you know an answer... Shout out Prenton. I, I, nerves are shot to pieces. Oh. This is this is the one I've wanted this. This is the big this one. Is this the is one. the big one. And uh, Paul from McGull, what do you shout out? Idiot. The village idiot. You certainly do. Question number one. What's the connection between Lord Alan Sugar and Peter Crouch? Prenton. Yes. Tottenham Hotspur. Yep. Well done. Well Thanks, done. Son. Thanks a lot. He was the chairman, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the chairman, chairman yeah. There many, many years ago. Uh, they both, both share the same size uh, trousers as of well. Of course they do. Of they course. do, yeah. Yes, when uh, Crouchy puts them on, they're like shorts. They are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. In which Scottish city would you find the Holyrood Palace? Idiot. Oh, idiot. Yeah, of course. Uh, famously recently visited by the Pope. Question number three. Who in Coronation Street recently lost her job as a doctor's receptionist? Idiot. Yep. Gail, whatever she wants to be called. Yeah, Gail. I think you should need the second, uh, second yeah. name there. Yeah, yeah, no, well, Gail... Tilsley. Wow. <laughs> Tilsley, God, Ben, that's cool, <laughs> even I don't remember that. Okay, it's 2-1, Lee Butler, you could be coming back tomorrow and uh, playing on behalf of, of, uh, of, of uh, Michaela. Question number four. Who am I? I was a former MTV presenter. I also co-hosted CD UK with Anton Deck. My name... Benton. Yes. Tess Daly. No, it's not Tess Daly. My name is Very Feline, and I come from Wolverhampton. Who is it, Paul? Who? Cat Daly. Oh dear. If you get this one right, you win this Glee package. And I mean, there's so many CDs in here. It's a fantastic package. So you need this to stay in the game, Lee. You're playing on behalf of Michaela. Pressure is unbearable. Come on, Unbelievable. Lee, come on. Beginning with the letter C. Limes, grapefruits, and lemons are collectively known as what? Idiot. Citrus. Oh, oh. he's got He's got a hangover as well. That's not on that. Tell you what, you, you seem to perform better with a hangover, Paul. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Are you a fan of Glee? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ross. You can well, see me doing that all day, yeah. I tell you what, well, we've got the entire back catalogue, everything they've recorded, and more. There's a lot of CD action going on there, and we'll send it off to you in the post, all right? Cheers, bud. Thank you very much for coming on and being a good sport. Uh, Michaela Moore from Prenton, you know what you are? Thanks to Lee Butler. I can only apologise. Back tomorrow after 8.30 with Rossi and Co. On Radio City 96.7. 
you've always wanted to do I that. I love that you bit. You do that every morning in I the car love with it, the love it. That's the Village Idiot weekday mornings from 8.35. The only quiz where... The loser... Stays... On! Thank you very much to Lee Butler for joining us. He was a breath of fresh air on a Monday morning. Here's one of the clips... Well, it's a montage of clips from uh, the wedding scammers over the last past couple of weeks. Some of the very best, including one featuring you, Claire Simo. That's me. That's Cynthia Parker-Jones. Oh, very Cynthia Parker-Jones, stroke Margaret Thatcher-esque. <laughs> and uh, as always, me impersonating somebody called J.B. Dutton-Minson. Whatever you're doing this week, thank you very much for... Uh, tuning in and downloading the podcast you can hear us weekday mornings between 6am and 10am on the Radio City Breakfast Show on Radio City 96.7 online radiocity.co.uk and on DAB Digital Radio until the next time of videos and pet Listen Mr Simonson I'm very spontaneous and I just do what I feel like but you know I'm quite confident in my own ability and my own capabilities and sure whatever I do will do down storm Sure it will but you're very confident in, uh, in, uh, in, in a pushy way you're presuming you've got the gig but I'm the one that dots the I's and crosses the T's here and that's why I'm phoning you up to suss you on Do you do uh, do you do anything along the range say do you do a bit of Shirley Bassey or do you do a bit of no. Judy Gott you don't? No I don't it's very cliche Excuse me Shirley what? Bassey Judy Gott no can you tell me where Luke and Joanne first became aware of you and whose wedding it was? Well, first of all, yes. I'm sorry, what's your name? Mr. Jamie Booth Simonson. Jamie Booth Simonson, yes. Right, okay. Yes. Like that out. Mm. There's no need for you to write it down because I'll be the one getting in contact with you again. So, sorry, I was in the middle of a sentence that I didn't really hear a full stop. You don't hear full stops, you're making them the point of a pen. Now, where did Luke and Joanne become aware of your amazing talents? Tim and Joseph. Civil Service Ceremony. Who's Civil Service Ceremony? Tim and Joseph. Is that two men? Yeah. So that's why... There's a problem with that. There's not a problem with that, not whatsoever. I should have known. No, 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 not at all. I just can't comprehend why you don't include the likes of Shirley Bassey and Judy Garland in your set. Could because you... I'm different. What about the Pet Shop that's Boys? Right. Pet Shop Boys? Headshot voice. Domino dancing, it's a sin, all those great songs. Uh, now, Joanne does like the 80s. Are you going to be doing any stuff from the 80s? Bit of soft cell, tainted love, perhaps? I don't know. It's not really in the, in the material that I've got written down, so no. Can you be creative enough to actually include it in your I'm material? I'm very creative. Yeah, no, but you can start rehearsing now and maybe you'll be able to memorise all the words of a better. Of wake me Listen, up before you go. you tell me. I'm not telling you. You do your job and I'll do mine. Well, I'm okay. doing my job and my job is the usher and chief's gr- chief groomsman and that's well, why... Along because you're not really impressing me. You know, you've got me in a sweat. I've got these. I'm around my own kitchen at the target amongst the flamingos. Listen, oh. I don't know who you think you are, but you've got something to say, then address it on the evening. Otherwise, that's presuming. Excuse me, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie speaking. Jamie speaking. Angela, 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 just calm yourself down, darling. What you have to under. Excuse me, did you. Did you swear at me then? I did, yeah. You see, you this t- was you're what... talking to me. This like, is what I was told. This is what I've been to. One of my colleagues met yourself and your family. And not only is it a second time round for you, so obviously, you know, you've done the big white wedding thing. And here you are. You're complaining when we're offering you a perfectly good alternative. But they told well, me... I have been told by my colleagues that perhaps... And I don't mean this in a derogatory way, darling, but um, that your family are maybe not the usual calibre of families that we have over getting married I in St. John's. Well, they said I've been that... Chilled, and I have, you know, my family, a very good family. Yes, but, um, um, darling, look at your vocabulary already. You know, you can tell you're not well, very well educated. Well, I might not talk with a plum in my mouth, Miss Sylvia. 
Yeah, actually, it's Cynthia. Time, it's, I think you'll find it's Cynthia Parker Jones. You say again, you're not listening. You haven't. Got, you spoke about CBBS. You don't have your well, listening ears it, screwed on. Put it this way: as all my family will be turning up next week at that church hall. We're not going to be chauffeured next door into no school hall. And as far as your friends, what type of friends would know my family? Oh, well, they We're do the know. No, 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 they're not my friends, they're my colleagues, and they met you when you came to look at the church. There is simply, absolutely no way you can get married in the church. Put me on to somebody else, because I'm done listening to you. I only have one other person that you can talk to. Well, possibly Well, two. let's hope that person can actually sort this out for me. Well, I'm, I don't think you'll get very and far And be a lot with more him. helpful than you are, and I'm less offensive. I'm sorry, excuse me, I beg your pardon. Your I feel I've been nothing more on. than helpful with you. Your excuse. I do, uh, excuse me, I and the boss this role has been created for me because of the rapport I have with the public I want to speak to your boss because what I'm hearing from you I'm certainly not happy with and I'm certainly not settling for so end of conversation I, 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 I'm I, quite shocked at your reaction actually Angela well you know what if you got told as well a week before you were getting married I'm sure your reaction would be exactly the same but let's face it who the hell would marry you now put me on to somebody I'm else I'm sorry Angela I was thinking exactly the same thing about poor Tony well I've had enough of this conversation now there might, there might be somebody who can help you um, he's my he's my um, sort of immediate boss and his name is uh, Mr Simon Ross yeah Oh, my word, you are an absolute case, you are. And I've been warned all about you, although you've given me an easier ride than I'd anticipated, dear. What is that? Because, one, I'm not really Jamie Booth Simmons. My name is Rossi, Simon Ross from Radio City 96.7. Oh, my God! I can't believe you've fallen for this. Rossi! Yes, sir. You're one Rossi and Co. At the click of a mouse. The best bits you might have missed. Updated weekly and available via radiocity.co.uk or iTunes.